You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What up? This is Myron, and you are listening or watching the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. That down on the docks on the other side of the tracks, dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners that you're listening to. Hey, wherever you are getting this, we're not going to judge as long as you're liking, subscribing and sharing the good word of the rye bread and mustard, a Mariners podcast. And if you're checking this out on YouTube, this is your cue to subscribe to the channel. Listen, this will give you all the alerts of all the extra stuff that we're doing. Uh, or if you are one of those people like, listen, Myron, I don't want those damn alerts. Then don't turn on the alerts. It just really helps the podcast out if we have some more subscribers. It's pretty simple. That is how this podcast and YouTube model works. All right. We are up here in Edmonds, Washington, about as far away from uh, Peoria, Arizona, as you can get as far as climate. It is a rainy, nasty fucking night up here. What is going on, Hanno? Microphone in. Now you got it turned on. Yeah, now we got you rocking and rolling. rolling. What's hey, going man, on? Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. And then on the rye bread and mustard hotline, the hot mustard hotline, we got the ninja. Hey, what's going on, guys? So, do you mean up here, or do you mean in Mariner Land, or in our personal lives? Whatever you want to talk about, Myron. Oh, we got somebody in a good mood down there. It sounds like. Uh, all right, he just wants to get right to it. I like his style. Right. So what's going on with you, Hanno? Man, not much. Uh, spring training has started. Uh, three games in the books as far as TV. Uh, seen a couple of them. Uh, excited uh, just to watch some baseball, but also concerned. But we'll see. We still got a ways to go. Is your concern uh, Matt Brash? Yeah, definitely. Is that is the concern? As we record that, that is probably the biggest, most uh, pressing matter right now. Matt Brash, we don't know. I'm putting the quotations up. We don't know what's going on with his arm, but it definitely does not sound fucking good. No, what I heard today was it's uh, from a source. It sounds like he could be done for the year. That is scary. Yeah. Well, who's your source? Um, that's the way it was articulated via the radio via Ryan Divish in his report today. Uh, Ninja, what are, what are you getting? What are they talking about over on Reddit down down in the underground there? I haven't really found anything updating the situation. I mean, they're kind of not really putting anything out. I remember seeing a little bit of something about how bad it could be. I think that was from Ryan Divish too, but I could never find the Divish article talking about it. Yeah, I mean, pretty quiet online right now. Yeah, when they're not giving us any 
uh, information. Is it is he going to be back this weekend, or is or are they going to have to chop his arm off? Well, what, Scott's what gonna, going to have an update in a day or two. That's what he told the media scrum. Yeah, so this is coming secondhand through other things and speculation, but. Missing Matt Brash. I mean, it's not like they pitched him every other game last year. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's what's going to go happen. You got all that movement. You're throwing these pitches the way he does. And he has more appearances than anybody in baseball. It doesn't surprise me that is, you know, he's blowing a tire here. I mean, that's, that's what's going to happen. You know, there is speculation that he might have came into camp like this and he was hanging out probably jet skiing or doing something crazy with a ninja. <laughs> yeah. uh, how devastating could this be, Ninja? It's, you know, things like this is scary. It was like the same thing popped up with, you know, what, Robbie Ray last year or he was pitching great and then they pulled him out of the game with some elbow tightness and then, you know, that was that. And then kind of the same thing going on with the Mets right now with – what Cody Senga, you know, the, the ghost baller, and they he had some elbow surgery, and now they're saying that he could be shut down for the whole year. So, you know, it's not what you want to see, you know, anytime it's with one of your star pitchers. No, unfortunately, this is that time of the year, a uh, week or two into spring training, where you see all these uh, season-ending injuries, and you wonder, like you said. Or a dead arm. Yeah, or a dead arm. Uh, but you do wonder... Uh, you know, we were joking around him being out on the jet skis there with, with Ninja, but you wonder, do they come into spring training already banged up? Maybe they skipped or opted out of surgery. You're not going to really hear about it until it's too late, but that is something that goes on. Yeah. I mean, they just like complain about some for you know, some forearm tightness. And like, next thing you know, like that's a, one of the indicators there's from what I kind of read and understood was they asked, they asked like brash, how are you? And then he said, we'll reevaluate. But he was like looking at his elbow while he was saying it. Heard the and that's why people are pointing at his elbow. That's no good. No bueno. Well, the, the elbow, let's, the let's elbow. Look at it positive. The Mariners, okay. The Mariners are able to pull guys out of the woodwork. They got a bunch of guys that can slide in for Matt Brash and they can recreate a player that can, Maybe not have the stuff as Matt Brash, but that can fill in that role that Matt Brash has done for this team. Ninja? Uh, yeah, they can find somebody, but I don't think it's going to be a you know what we we're expecting out of Matt Brash type. You know, for yeah, sure, for uh, sure. I mean, that's why, and we can look at it the other way. I mean, the Mariners pick up and put their team together on a razor thin edge where if you have these slight injuries or in maybe this case, a big time injury that puts him out for the year, you're expecting him to be your high leverage guy that comes in and faces the big dogs in the seventh or the eighth to get that one out with a man on second and third and two outs. And you go down with this injury. I mean, that's just kind of how the Mariners are set up. But yes, again, the Mariners, until they show us that they can't with this new regime, they just keep pulling pitchers out of the woodwork and and finding guys with with stuff that they can identify that can be better that maybe they weren't using another organization. So, well, yeah, let me go positive again. I, I mean, the upgrade. What is he doing? All this positiveness from uh, Gregory or 
uh, Santos, he came in with a bad arm. He started to pitch. Now that's a plus. That is a plus. Uh, Ninja, any more on the Matt Brash stuff? No, I don't want to speculate. We'll find out soon enough. Yeah, Scott will be doing his thing here in a couple days. So we'll, I mean, I'm sure they're MRI in it. I can know what Dr. Andrews down in Arkansas or something, the Tommy John Whisper. <laughs> That's where all the WWE uh, wrestlers go. So, you know, that it's quality shit. Here's my thing if he was all right or it was something that was going to be fixable, you just come out and you'd say it. When you're stalling, you're getting second opinions. You, you're already expecting the worst and hoping for the best. And that's that's unfortunately where I think we are in this situation. Uh, I feel bad for Brash um, personally, too, just because this seemed like this was really going to be the year. I mean, this is what, year three with the Mariners. I remember watching him two years ago, and it was like, who's going to be the starter to come up, him or Kirby? At the time, and then I think Brash won the job, if I can remember cor correctly, and then they sent him down, and he came back up as this high-leverage reliever. Yeah, he came out there, pitched in that game in Chicago, remember, on the south side against the White Sox. Looked pretty good, threw some nasty stuff. We had seen the YouTube videos, the Twitter videos of his stuff, his Frisbee-like slider. You know, he could – he was just – the way he manipulated that ball was amazing, so – and we've all seen it. How many times has he gotten that big time out when there was a runner in scoring position? I mean, he's a key guy, and if we were to lose him, that's it's going to be a hard one to uh, make up. I think my favorite Matt Brash moment I have in person is uh, we go back to 2022. There was an extra inning game against the Yankees. Uh, pitched himself out of that fucking inning, got that comebacker, got that that comebacker that just how do you find that ball i think he turned it into a double play that's probably my favorite brash moment there's many of them uh ninja what's your favorite matt brash moment the pitch that comes to mind is the pitch like i think he won like uh you know pitch of the year or something that online and they always show it yeah, but i don't know like that yeah i don't yep and then he fall down yeah exactly <laughs> I mean, you watch you watch any of these pitching ninja stuff or any kind of countdown of the nastiest pitches, and Matt Brash is in there sometimes with multiple pitches in these countdowns. Hi, this is Tom Petrarca of the Seattle Mariners, inviting everybody to come on out to the Kingdom on August 23rd for Mariners Funny Nose Glasses Night. Right, Be the first Tom. in your neighborhood Tom, to have. Tom, I'm sorry. August 23rd is not Funny Nose Glasses Night. It's Jacket Night, Tom. Jacket night. Yes, every jacket. kid 14 and under gets an official Mariner's vinyl jacket free, Tom. Jacket? No, no. No funny nose no glasses. Nose. No, I'm sorry. Hmm. What am I going to do with 30,000 pairs of funny nose glasses? That's your problem, Tom. What's the guy's name that we got? Luis Urias. Urias. I was saying, I know that Isaiah Campbell's not some sort of lights out, brash, Munoz, uh, not even at Topa's level. But he was a good pitcher. I think on some teams, he might be closer to the back end as far as a setup guy. You trade him away, and then for somebody that's making $5 million, I'm not going to take fall league uh, stats and be that's the end all. I know he's coming off an, an injury right now. But right now, this trade, as far as I look at it, isn't a good one. Can I change my mind? Can uh, I... They put 
my foot in my mouth? I hope so. But right now, I just I don't really like that trade. I mean, I see your point, and I see your perspective, no doubt. Mariners always look for players coming off of a down year who they've seen and they've zeroed in on and they would like. I, I just think the Mariners have this feeling, and they should have this feeling, that they can develop any kind of guy out of the bullpen. Sure, but can they develop a hitter that's on a down year? We've not seen that. No, I hear what you're saying, but that's the reason they would give up at Isaiah Campbell, in my opinion. Right, going like, we'll find another Isaiah Campbell. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Year out of the bullpen, and that's just that's just how they think. And and truthfully, they've been very good. That's their hot spot and sweet spot. It's pitching. No, they are the relief pitcher whisperers. You know, whether yeah. it's Pete Woodworth and it's the scouting and everything together, like like we've always says, and until they until they can prove us that they were wrong, we have to believe in in that. So that's why, again, going back to Brash, it sucks. Absolutely. When you're looking at the new guy we brought in, Santos, you know, pairing him with with Munoz and Brash, the the three amigos on that backside, and then how um, Sauce stepped up and Spire, and then you got some guys in trades. I mean, this was looking to be a lights-out bullpen, which it still could. It's still good, and Brash could possibly be there. What if it's a... He comes back in August. He comes back at the end of the year. Uh, or even if he does miss the year, look at you got somebody like Hancock right now. Yeah. Hancock or Wu could easily be that six starter slash long relief slash bullpen guy. Or maybe you turn one of them into a fucking lights out bullpen guy. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I would I would assume it would be more Hancock just because I think Wu's gonna get the the nod as long as he pitches well so yeah that's it's just it's a totally different ball game coming out of that pen and throwing as hard as you can for one inning and emptying the tank that's something hancock's not used to but i'm sure you get real used to it ninja i want to see hancock as a starter i don't want to mess around with him in the bullpen he's like our pop you know pop rate prospect a starting pitching prospect so I, you know, you're exactly right. I couldn't agree more. There's a couple other guys that are like, um, you know, our third and fourth best pitching prospects in our organization. Like maybe one of those guys that are, you know, they're starters now in double A that I think also can, you know, bring the heat. So maybe one of those guys. You're right. Don't mess with him. He's too polished, too, too high of a draft pick. Got too much potential. You're right. We've got guys from all over the world on our club. Veterans like Edgar Martinez really help them out. I like a double tall latte, please. I like a double tall latte, please. How about them cooks? How about them cooks? Gooey duck. Gooey duck. I took my gooey duck to Puyallup. I took my gooey duck to Puyallup. Good. The Seattle Mariners. You gotta love these guys. Yeah, sure, you betcha. We're back talking about Matt Chapman. I know Ninja, you and I were anti no, 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 no on Matt Chapman. We have a video out talking about how uh, overrated he is and asking too much and overvaluing himself. I gotta be honest. Uh, I'm starting to think that that's not 
too bad of an idea. Do I see the Mariners going out and do that? I don't know. But how do you feel, Ninja, about uh, possibly revisiting the Matt Brash or sorry, revisiting the Matt Chapman situation? I think he would be an upgrade for our team, definitely. If money wasn't, you know, a question of it. But, you know, we keep on going around in circles on that. But, wow. Yeah, I'm looking at, like, people have been playing third base just so far in the spring. And, yeah. I think we were talking about, we need somehow to get Julio to move to third. I think that's the solution. <laughs> I did see a video uh, 710 Seattle had put out on their Instagram. And it is Perry Hill. You should go check it out. It's it's Perry Hill working with Kai France. He's got a regular glove on. He does not have the first baseman uh, glove on. And they are working on um, sort of a pickup and ready to throw across the diamond. It looks very like third baseman-like drills. Uh, do you think that's something? Have you guys heard anything about that? Is this just speculation? We know that he's played third base. You think they're just preparing for the worst that possibly Ty France might have to go over to third base? To me, it's still early in camp. I know he uh, he was injured coming into camp, played winter ball, came in with a bum arm. Uh, France, you know, looks in better shape than we've seen him as a Mariner. Um, he's played it before. Yeah, it's a possibility. Uh, I, I want to get Ro give Rojas a chance at least to see what he can do. Let him run with it for a few weeks, you know, to start the season, if that is the key case that Arias is down. For what the Mariners brought him over to do and asked him to do last year in 23, I think we got it. It was definitely an upgrade from Wong. I mean, that's, that's not a high bar, but I had no problems with what Rojas has done, and he's played some third base. But as far as Ty France, look at the shape he's come back in, mobility. Maybe he's building himself more like a first baseman the last couple of years. Now he's trim. Maybe that's something that he's worked on too, his footwork and all of this. That maybe Mariners are all about having guys hopefully be able to fill in different positions. I mean, it makes sense. Like you said, he's played there before. Um, he's got the arm. Yeah, why not? I mean, I just, it's, you mentioned Matt Chapman. Yeah, he's an upgrade over what you have, but can you really see the Mariners kicking out that extra moolah for what he's asking? Or even if he lowers his price, do you think the Mariners would do that? No, I think that it's just too much of a difference between what he's worth and how much he really wants. He's, ask, he's asking for like $25 million a year right now or something stupid. But he's maybe worth like, to me, like maybe $15 million. Besides that, I'm like ready to see what one of the young guys in our organization can do. You know, he's going to be our breakout infielder. Yeah, I would have rather paid uh, A. Eugenio his ten million and kept him instead of getting a backup catcher and a high upside flamethrower out of the bullpen in Vargas. But you know, it was their first trade out of the blocks in the off season, so. Anything can happen, and they got all kinds of ideas in their head, and you, they don't know the way the market's going to roll. But that's what, and then you know they make that move for Arias, and he's coming off of a down year, and he comes into camp with a bum shoulder. So tough luck. The injury bug 
sounds like it's hurting the Mariners. But on the other hand, even though Julio's been down and out, I've heard now that he's on the mend and should be playing this weekend, which is good to hear. Yeah, it is. And for Eugenio, he's making $11 million this year, just to be clear on that. But I think if, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. if you would go back and relook at this situation and you knew that these things are going to go on again, you would not – you would not do that. The defensively, the things that Eugenio brings on and off the field to the organization. And sure, the guy strikes out a lot, but the fucker was clutch, you know? Yeah, played every day. Gave you that great defense. I mean, Mariners had really good third basements here in the last decade, not knowing who was going to come in and fill that role for Seager. They make that trade. Didn't miss a beat defensively. And you, we, we all know, we watch how many 5-3 putouts, how many 5-4-3 double plays do we have? I mean, he makes the play. That is key. Saves runs. Yeah, I know we're sitting here lamenting about it. There's no bringing him back, so I'll stop right there. As far as Matt Chapman, I was ha- a hard no on that. Now, uh, after seeing Cody Bellinger's contract, that kind of irritates you. Uh, but you don't know how much interest he had in Seattle. The reason I bring that up is you had the player opt-outs. Maybe there's a situation, Boris client, right? I, I heard the the term, the, the four Borismen, like the four horsemen. Now we're down to three. Maybe that's something that we could see where there is a player opt-out or some sort of opt-out, you pay him a bit more for one season, or or he takes a little bit less and he has the opt-out, then do you think you could see something getting made with Chapman, uh, Ninja? No. I don't think Chapman is in, in our future. The thing that strikes me up about the no is that he turned down last year $100 million, and he turned down, what, $20 million from Toronto this year, $22 million? That's what makes me feel like his price is not going to go down. Yeah, we just got to realize that third base, and it kills me to say this, will be the weakest link. Maybe Perry Hill can play third base. Let's just put his fucking... Bring back Ichiro. (laughs) Ichiro. Or, again, we could go with what Ninja says here. We could just uh, transition Julio to third base. Yeah, that's that's the best plan right there. We got a lot of outfielders. I think if Julio wanted to play any position on the Mariners, I'd just be fine with as long as he's hitting first or second in the lineup. I have a little project. Well, once again, Edgar Martinez is using Eagle Hardware's incredible selection of brand name power tools for his latest project. And uh, here's a surprise. Uh, For once, it's not a bat. Oh, it is a bat. It's a light bat. Eagle Hardware and Garden. More of everything. Let's get into the peaches and cream, as we like to call it here on the podcast. We all know that uh, spring training, like you've coined Hanno the Upgrade, uh, we've all we've you've coined it. Spring training is the most peaches and cream time of the year. I fully agree with you. I get sick of hearing, "Look what he looks like in the cage." Look, oh my God, Hanniger's very. First hit bat back with the Mariners hits a home run. Great, I love it. I know at this point we've got Cal's hit a home run. We've had 
Haniger hit a home run. Canzone hit a home run. He's best shape of his life. Best on 15 pounds of muscle. Put a, great. He, yes, looking great. It's good. I'm more interested in these home big home runs in like August, September. Let's hope they're going to be there. Now that I got that negative negativity out of the way, uh, what are some of the peaches and creams things that you're really like you've seen and heard or read? And tell me where you've heard it from for people to go check out. Let's start with Ninja. I like the meme that I saw today. They had the um, MLB's top ten top ten players, and then like it had Canzone at number one. <laughs> Canzone. <laughs> Canzone. Yeah, it was like Julio and I don't know, and, you know, Shohei, Alcuna, and then it was like Canzone, Dominic Canzone with the Mariners. So it was, uh, yeah, agreed. So probably him, him putting on like you know twenty. 25, 40 pounds of muscle, you know, it's a fish story now. So yeah, Canzone coming in in the best shape of his life, hitting bombs. That's probably the best story I've heard. I, I really do hope Canzone has a great year because he kind of turned into my new Taylor Chamel. And um, what I mean by that is. Oh, he's who, way better. Come on. He is, but he, I'm saying the guy that's taken uh, JK's. Uh, or the the former mariner I uh, sh- to the former mariner I shall not say his name. Uh, I liked what we saw from Canzone last year. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, I was I'm still questioning why he was not playing down the fucking stretch at the end of the year in the last week. But if Dom Canzone turns out to you know really breakout this year and let's just say Rojas is our savior as far as like solidifying third base then you have to turn back and look at the uh, trade for Seawald and not be so bitter about it I would I would assume going because this was always a as you said Hanno this was a trade they made that was not about 2023 last year it was about 2024 and going forward yeah exactly I mean I I hope Canzone can solidify himself in the outfield. From what we saw of him last year, he did re- fine in, in the outfield, but he can, he hits the ball, and man, for a little guy, he can turn on it. But if you're going peaches and cream, and you know me, it's all about what I see, the eye test, not what people tell me, you know. I might have a, a wrong opinion from what you think, the listeners think, but I just go off of what Agreed. I see. And so what I saw in the first game – and it was positive, and it was very peaches and cream. Uh, Ty France wrote one down the left field line for a double, which was nice to see. And then the next batter put one into uh, deep right center field, and he tagged up, uh, went to third, beat the throw. Uh, he looked nimble. He looked more athletic, and he looked quicker. And so I'm really happy about that, seeing that out of Ty France. Absolutely. And then the other thing, I mean – I can go over player by player, but a nice thing I saw from one of our minor league players, uh, really nice to see the defensive play and gun and uh, throwing a guy out at second base was Harry Ford from his knees. I ain't seen that since Pudge or Benino Santiago. I mean, it was beautiful. Right on the money. Yeah, that was a sweet play. I mean, he's another guy. We could put Harry Ford at second and move, uh, you know, did we get Polanco to third? Well, he said he's not moving positions. I don't know. 
Yeah, I I feel I feel. <laughs> what'd you say, Hannah? Thank God you're not the manager. <laughs> uh, no, I we forgot to throw Polanco into that. Possibly go over to third base. Well, uh, I believe uh, on your station that you love KJR here in Seattle. Um, they were talking to uh, Harry Ford about, you know, do you have another glove or multiple gloves with that KJR? And he said, No, I only have a catcher's glove. True, true. Um, yeah, like he's pretty. I mean, good for him. But at the same time, you're trying to break the major leagues. You you play wherever you're going to play. Like, wherever you can get in the lineup that you can do something, I feel like you should do it. But also, he knows who he is. Oh, absolutely. And he has that confidence, like you mentioned, to stick in at catcher. And then he feels that is, is his best position. But, man, for me, I'm just trying to put myself in his position. I totally understand that. But if I get to the show, maybe if I'm playing a different position quicker, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think. You know, hear me, hear me out, guys. How about we move Cal Raleigh to second base and then Polanco to third, and Harry Ford will will be the catcher. Is this Yahoo fucking fantasy? (laughs) (laughs) We are not allowing that in the Yahoo network. (laughs) All right. Brainstorming. Okay. Cal Raleigh, the second baseman. We're seeing if anything. See see if anything sticks. That one slid off the wall. Uh, All right. You know, we. I mean, okay. Let's let's talk some sense now. (laughs) We get Harry Ford goes down the minors this year. Starts in Double A. Eventually ends up in Triple A. We got Mitch Garver for two years. He's going to be our DH next year. Uh, Harry Ford's going to be our backup catcher, play some games, um, and backup Cal because I love Cal. And then the following year, Mitch Garver moves on, and then you have a little platoon of a DH and catcher between those two. Ooh, um, my my feeling is Harry Ford, possibly long shot, outside shot. You see him in September, September call ups. Uh, you do see him catch because we want to get Cal Raleigh out of there. Uh, Zebby Zabala um, is going to be the key factor if we see this guy or we don't. I also would say this, and I know some people be like, "That you're you're out of your mind." If you can find the player that you need, we'll we'll use third base for an example, and we can get that third baseman from St. Louis. Oh, what's his name? First of all, we're not going to go out and get Arenado. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm not. What I'm trying to get at is, I wouldn't be afraid to trade him if you knew you were oh, going to yeah. have long term. Great trade chip. If you no, had no. long term, if you had long term, Cal Raleigh, right? I mean, he's basically the the new Novelli Marte that the Mariners have, right? To go out and get that guy, just like when they went out and got Castilla. Yeah, I, I follow you. I'm following. I'm on the tracks. Yeah, you're right. Ninja? I always thought we should trade for bets. Excuse oh, me? Yeah. Trade for Mookie Betts. That's the guy I'd want. All right. Try that again and give me somebody that actually we could possibly. I mean, would you be what? I guess I should rephrase this. Would you be willing to trade Harry Ford for somebody? Or is this a, we are not trading Harry Ford? 
and treating him like Julio or like Jared Kelnick for the first couple of years we had him. Mm, no, I'm not for trading Harry Ford, actually. Um, but not for a rental player at, you know, maybe if we're making a playoff run, you know, that's a tough decision. Or Harry Ford for Arenado and we're at uh, midseason and we're, you know, in first place. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to pull the trigger on that one, actually. Yeah. I, I with Harry Ford, it's it, for me for moving Harry Ford, there, there has to be two things in place. One, you're working something out long term with Cal. And two, you are in the position, like you said, to make a trade where you're like, we're trading this guy for a proven all star potential Hall of Fame player. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he could fetch you a nice player back. He would be part of something like that. And like you mentioned, uh, if you were able to lock up Cal, I mean, to me, he Cal mentioned this offseason. We've heard it. He left to play his whole career here, but he's also a Boris guy, and we know how that's working out with the three amigos still left free agency. But the player has control. Um, but we'll see. I just think Cal would be stupid to do that, in my opinion. I think Cal is going to get a massive contract, especially if he goes on the open market. But, yeah, that's the way you could, you know, I, I see what you're saying, get everything lined up to make that move for Harry Ford and know you have everything lined up. Cal, Cal signed, all that. But, uh or you make the move and uh, you really see that the Mariners are committing to Cal and Cal sees that. Yeah, exactly. You got to remember Cal came up during that time with the Hanegers and the Seegers and, and the distrust with the Mariners front office. He voices the opinion, you know, after they get eliminated last year, but guess what? This guy hopped on the radio last year. He's hopped on the radio quite a bit here. He's, voice that hey i want to be a mariner for life or be in one organization for life he's basically said hey come and get me and pay me he's basically doing the same approach but blake snell did the only difference is he is a mariner he's had second or third best iconic moment a mariner's ever had with this new generation of mariners fans watching the most I would tell Cal to get in line. We got George Kirby coming up. We got Logan Gilbert coming up. We got Cal. And the Mariners apparently have no money. So, and don't want to pay anybody. But we'll see. We'll see. it. It's going to be very interesting to see how all this plays out. Uh, we definitely need to sign Cal first. And it was my opinion, like, you should almost sign Cal, Kirby, Logan, and, like, Bryce Miller all at the same time, like all on the same day, make it like a, you know, but I think if we sung Cal first, then maybe one of the other pitchers is going to be more likely to stay with us. Sean Stanton just had the ambulance called to his house after you just said that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all those guys at once. Yeah. I mean, but you know, cause they've all come up together. They're all probably pretty good friends. You know, they, they work well together that you know they don't you don't want to separate them you know it's just a special like they've been with each other for so long that 
Cal going first, and then I think maybe the other pitchers are more likely to sign here because Cal is here. But, you know, you're giving money to one guy, and then you're making the other guys jealous. I would just want to, like, come out and say, we're going to sign this core of young people for, you know, five years, all of you. And, wow, that would be, you know, keep, keep them together. Should have done it. Should have done it a year ago. You know, and the longer you wait, the higher the price tag is going to be. So. I don't got anything to add to that, Marnie. He's dead on. Baseball sure has changed, Junior. Yeah, the Hexagon replaced the diamond. And can you imagine facing three pitches? Emerson on base. Oh, the base ejector got him snoozing. He goes Why did it all change? All sport. The game just got too easy. The unsurpassed taste of all sport. A third more carbs than Gatorade for energy could make a difference. Next yeah. up. Your grandson's up. Ken Griffey the fourth. Next. It's going. It's going. Watch out, center board. Oh. oh. Center board got him. He was robbed. All sports body quencher. The game will never be the same. Here's here's my peaches and cream. My peaches and cream. I really enjoyed the interview uh, with Mitch Garver and Luke Rayleigh. It, it was good to listen to them uh, to talk about how they found out and how how it worked out. Mariners were always the top bidder. It seems for Mitch Garver. Um, listening to him talk, you can definitely still smell that World Series championship on his breath and I like it. I like what he had to say uh, his and what the Mariners actually want from him and he wants from them and that's it to see what he can do with these 500 at-bats. That's his goal is to get 500 at-bats. He's never got 500 at-bats and <laughs> but he's also hit 31 home runs a couple of years ago where I believe he just played over a hundred games or right at a hundred games. But he also mentioned, Hey, all my injuries are that's the position that he plays at catcher. That's where the injuries happen. Um, but also not just falling into the DH position as, you know, a Vogel back or a let's even go farther back where Edgar or somewhere where you're not touching the field. He expects to catch as we're talking right now, he's going to be catching tomorrow's game in spring training. Uh, a great part of that interview, I know it's with Brock and Sock, but they they get all the, the best interviews. They're down there at, at spring training. Go listen to it because it was very interesting. That they asked him, like, well, what are you going to do now when you're not DHing, you know, almost kind of like a tongue-in-cheek way of asking him. And he sat there and he started breaking down of what he does and what he watches, especially as a catcher now in a position of a backup catcher or an off date catcher of like, I'm in the game, the entire fucking game. And he already did that in, in Texas. I mean, Texas has a, what Jonah Himes Mariner killer is pretty much their starting catcher. <laughs> Not pretty much is their number one catcher. So he's already been in this position. He's, He's bringing this attitude that I, I really like of this veteran leadership that's coming in. I like the way that he really went at the, you've heard people go, look at Mitch Garver. Look at his, uh, look at his track record at T-Mobile Park. You know, it's not good. And yeah, he's over. Yeah. But look at the pitcher. He's also brought up, look at the fucking pitchers. I have. I, instead of going like, yeah, I got to work on that. He put over the pitchers that he's faced. It's a great interview. Not as far as like the questions that were asked. I'm not putting over Brock and Sock when I say this. It was he is a very talkative guy, 
Uh, he's rumored or speculated probably after baseball that he's going to get into coaching and managing. And, and you can really hear that through his interview. And I really, I really liked it. He's definitely like been to the mountaintop and he's like, I'm going back. No, I agree with you. It sounds like a great interview. It's nice to hear. He's going to be in tune, probably going through the, you know, pitchers meetings with a pitcher and the game plan before games. He'll be able to talk to Cal you know, bounce stuff off of him of what he sees. No, that's awesome. And that's a good teammate. And he'll that'll be a vital part of the Mariners club. But if I'm looking at the sarcasticness, I mean, that's the biggest peaches and cream I've ever heard. It is. Well, this is the second. <laughs> peaches, and, like peaches and cream, baby. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ballgame. I want to see the ants. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. As far as uh, a little culture, we like to give a little culture here. Hanno, you were talking about that you might actually buy a PlayStation 5, get the new uh, MLB The Show. Are you, are you liking it? And what... What is the big sell point of why you're getting that? Hey, I played uh, the show a lot. I haven't played video games as much in the last couple of years, but I'm not goobering like I did 10, 15 years ago. I have a lot of fun. That's how I like to play video games, goobering up, being a crazy, you know, uh, that kind of style. But I saw the uh, trailer came out and Derek Jeter's on the cover. And they showed us some highlights of him playing in the kingdom. And I've, they've always, in Major League, the show, brought back some old stadiums, but never the kingdom. But like I mentioned just a second ago, Derek Jeter's on the cover. They're representing his career. If you don't remember, his first ever Major League career hit was at the kingdom. So I'm excited thinking that that might be a stadium in the show, which I believe it probably is. So it makes me excited to go back and play that game and get it this year and play. Fuck yeah, I'm sold. It definitely got us in our kingdom but, mode the other day. Yeah, one thing I did notice, do you remember what color the kingdom seats were? Orange. Yeah, like orange is red. Yeah. And you know, and and if they you, didn't they didn't hit that on this trailer at least that I saw. Well, that is, that that's is okay. As long as I see that short right field wall or the tall right field wall. First player ever to hit it off there in that out-of-town scoreboard, Greg. Here's the quiz. Friday. What do you call the wall? What was the nickname of the wall? I don't know. Walla Walla. Who made that up? Somebody before our time. That's what it was called. It was called Walla Walla. If I'm wrong, put terrible. that in the comments. All right. Mr. Buner, will you play Pepper with me? I can't, son. Against the rules. How many times have you heard that? Hi, I'm Ken Griffey Jr. When I'm not running the bases, I'm running for president. Vote for me, and I promise to erase every no pepper sign in America. Mr. Griffey, will you play pepper with me? Sure, kid. Could you help me out with some swing shapes? Oh, yeah, I guess. A shoot at every foot in a pepper game in every backyard. I think Ken Griffey is spending too much time on the field, not enough time on issues like the flat tax. No pepper? I say yes to pepper. 
Look, Pepper was outlawed for a reason. It tears up the turf. You know how big this thing was? Look at this. Pepper Van, and right under there, Korean War ends. The man don't want you to play Pepper. You gonna listen to the man? If you outlaw Pepper, only outlaws will play Pepper. So where does the candidate stand on real issues, like the flat tax? I mean, if they're so smart in Washington, why don't they have a baseball team? Baseball without Pepper is like baseball without baseballs. Hey, anyone can champion Pepper. It takes a real man to champion the flat tax. It's Pepper that people want. They don't care about the minimum wage, the flat tax. They want Pepper, and they want it now. Pepper to the people, man. Land of the free? Why can't I play Pepper? Jefferson should have said life, liberty, Pepper in the pursuit of happiness, because it just didn't sound right. But that's what they meant to say. I know that. And where's this moose stand on the flat tax? Anyways, that's our episode for today. We'll be back soon. Check us out on all of our socials. Hanno, with that being said, you know what fucking time it is. Ciao. <laughs>